You're listening to the Seahawks Insiders. Russell takes the snap, steps up in the pocket, looks, has time. Now he's going to throw. Tyler Lockett looks for the ball. He's got it. Touchdown, Seahawks. Getting you ready for Seahawks football every Sunday. The handoff inside to Carson starts up the middle, now bounces it across the line. He's in. Touchdown, Seahawks. Powered by Seahawks.com. What's going on, 12s? Welcome to Seahawks Insider for week three of the NFL season. I'm Jackie Montgomery filling in for Jen Mueller, but alongside me, as always, or here, as always, is John Boyle. Hi, Jackie. How you doing? Hi, I'm doing okay. Getting Fun change of pace. Uh, you know, I thanks for welcoming, welcoming me and letting me fill in. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> but this is this is going to be fun for everybody. So we are going to start off by recapping what went down in week two. You made the trip, of course, to Pittsburgh, and I have never been to Heinz Field, but from what I saw on TV, it was a rowdy crowd, and most importantly, the Seahawks get the win, 28-26 to on the road, and they go 2-0 for the first time since when? 2013, and that was a pretty good year. Yeah, that's a, that's a good year, I would say, coming home with the Super Bowl trophy later in the season. But let's talk about that win. It was a gritty, gritty win. And, I mean, the, the Steelers have historically had an incredible defense. The Seahawks were able to take advantage where they could and get that victory. Russell Wilson looked great. Will Disley looked great. I mean, what was your takeaway from the game? Yeah, I mean, probably the thing that impressed me the most was how the offense kind of got going, made some necessary adjustments, and really took off in the second half. We saw, you know, that Pittsburgh defense, as you said, is always formidable, and they got after the quarterback in a big way in the first half. They sacked Russell Wilson three times in the first quarter once more in the second quarter, and you're thinking, geez, are they going to get any offense going? They started getting the quick passing game going. The offensive line cleaned up some of the issues that were having them struggle a little bit, and all of a sudden the offense just looked great in the second half. Three long touchdown drives kind of took control of that game. If if not for some turnovers by the Seahawks, they might have really been in control. So it's, yeah, I mean, it was a tight game. It was tough, but you go on the road and beat a good team in a tough place, that's always a great win. Yeah, I was definitely kind of biting my nails when I saw all those sacks coming. I was like, oh, my goodness, guys, let's get it together. Yeah. But like you said, Shoddy and Russell were able to make those changes going into the second half, and that really seemed to be one of the big difference makers. But with Russell, I mean, we've heard a lot of hype coming into the season about this could be one of the best years that we've ever seen from him, and it really seems to be showing that here in these first two games. Yeah, he's been really good. I mean, you look at the numbers, all the efficiency, you know, passer rating over 130 both games. He's got five touchdowns, no interceptions, completion percentage is higher than it's ever been. And the thing I keep going back to is he's generally been a little bit of a slow starter and a guy who finishes really strong November, December. So if he's doing this week one and two – that's a really promising sign for him in this offense. And, yeah, I mean, they still want to run the ball. They're going to try to go out and do that on Sunday again. And they did a good job, rushed for over 150 yards last week. But if you're getting that kind of play out of Russell Wilson all year, this offense is going to be really tough to stop. No, very, very exciting. And like you said, coming out of the gates like that, not even having to get that, you know, get going you know, after a few couple games. So it's really fun to watch. So you mentioned the rushing game. 
getting pit, starting to pick up here in week two. Obviously, it led the league in rushing last year. What do you think was the difference maker for them in week two and how why they were able to get it going? You know, there's a couple things. I think the guys up front were doing a little better job. Cincinnati threw some good looks at them in week one that they just hadn't seen because it's a new coaching staff, so that made it tough. Um, and then I think, you know, it, it, sometimes it's just getting more plays. They struggled overall on offense in week one, and when you're just not getting the sheer number of touches for guys, they don't kind of get into that rhythm. The blocking can't get going. And we saw it in this game. The running game picked up late as they got going. You kind of wear opponents down. So sometimes it's just it's getting enough first downs early in the game to stay on the field and sort of find that rhythm later. Unfortunately, Chris Carson with a fumble. One was credited to Russ. So yeah, on the handoff. Yeah. Pete mm-hmm. Carroll said that was more a kind of execution at the snap, figuring out where the blitz was coming from. So he didn't put that one on Chris, but – the earlier one was and the one last week on the reception he lost one. So that's something that, you know, he's very well aware of and coaches will get on him about. So they're you know, that's something they gotta clean up. And something that he took responsibility for, which oh, for I think sure. is very important. Um, another big performance from week two is Will Disley. Yeah. Two touchdowns in the game. And I mean, in his six career games, four touchdowns already. It's quite impressive for, I mean, you can't say a rookie, even though it's kind of a rookie since he only and had the only four his, games. Yeah, sixth last game year. of his career. <laughs> it, and the thing with him is you keep going back to, they drafted him and talked about what a great blocker he yeah. was. This is a guy who played defensive line in college for a couple of years. And, you know, no one really expected him to come in and, be a big difference maker in the passing game, but we've seen it. He's he's you know he's still doing everything they want him to do in the run game. He is that great blocker that they're hoping to get. But when you add that kind of weapon, who's just you know he's not blazingly fast. He's not you know just some superhuman freak of an athlete, but he's a really good athlete in terms of body control and just making catches, good hands, that kind of athlete. And it's been a really pleasant surprise what he's brought in that element. A perfect five for five in his targets and receptions. And for 50 yards, um, so the two touchdowns, obviously, like we said, big game for him. But also wanted to touch on with just the attempts and stuff with Russell. He had, what was his, his, um, his completion percentage was like 86% or something? Almost 83%, 82.9, I want to say, which, you know, before the season, one of the things that uh, Pete Carroll said is they want to, you know, one of the goals is to get him at 70% sometime. He hasn't quite done that. I think his high was 80 or uh, I'm sorry, 68% in 2015. He's well over 70% right now. Again, it's really early. It's only two games, (laughs) but he's off to a hell of a start. Yeah. He was right at 70 last week. And then like you said, the 82 point, whatever. (laughs) Nine. We'll go with nine. All right. There you go. Well, let's move on and talk about the wide receivers. Malik Turner, I feel like coming into the season, I mean, even in the game, watching the game, my husband was like, who is this guy? Malik Turner. (laughs) And I mean, everyone was shocked that he made the 53 man roster, but yesterday I think he, or excuse me, week this against the Steelers, he really showed why he was, he's here to stay. Yeah. He's a guy that, you know, he's not the flashy guy he's not you know dk metcalf of just a huge physically imposing guy but he's someone that just came in worked hard did everything right made the team or made the practice squad last year got that promotion late in the year and then came out and again it wasn't the most flashy training camp but he was just a guy they know they can trust so you hear his teammates talk about him. You hear Pete Carroll talk about him. The, everyone's just really happy for him because he was the guy that really put in the work. He is a fantastic worker. He is such a competitive kid. Um, I mean, every every phase of that he participates in, whether it's blocking, receiving, uh, in special teams or whatever, everybody raves about 
his effort because it's so obvious. He just gives you everything he's got. And he plays fast and he's tough. Uh, he's a natural player, got good feel, can do a lot of stuff. We can we use him in different. He, he can play any position, you know, of the receivers and do all of the roles. He can fill the roles of the different spots that we have. So he's got really good versatility, and his work ethic and his competitiveness is excellent. So we're really excited about him being out there. And it was great that he finally got the ball coming to him. He made a couple of plays and. All right, well, Malik Turner really showing his stuff over in week two against the Steelers. I mean, his his route running and just the work ethic that he has, something that this coaching staff really raves about. Another guy who had a good day, I mean, there's a couple guys that we can talk on this receiving core that had some good days, but Tyler Lockett, I mean, while he didn't find the end zone this week, he set a career high in receptions and just really – seeing kind of trying to see that where he's picking up from last season yeah you know I think some people were a little concerned the first week when he only got the two targets and the one catch granted the one catch was a 44 yard touchdown touchdown, so that you know those are nice (laughs) plays but you knew he was going to get his chances and sure enough the offense gets going the protections there so Russell Wilson has time to find him and Tyler Lockett looked like Tyler Lockett and one thing we talked about earlier was the quick passing game he looked really good in that role. If they'd move him around all over the field, different spots, he's in the slot, he's outside, and he's a guy that, you know, he can get open just about every time you need him to. And that was something Shadi really talked a lot about, I feel like, coming into the season is that they are going to put Tyler everywhere. He's yeah. like, he even jokes, he's like, I don't even know where he's going to be at some point, at some times, because they just have so much planned for him. And did you see that yeah. coming I out? Mean, I, I, felt like, I felt like he was in motion every play. Like, I'd look down, and he was in motion back and forth, which, you know, a lot of times is just to help get a read on the defense. Are they, you know, are they following him? Are they in man-to-man? Are they in zone? But it, his flexibility really helps this offense, both in terms of getting him open, but also it gives them more flexibility of where they can put other guys. Tyler Lockett, 10 receptions, which is a career high for him for 79 yards. But let's move on and talk about another guy, DK Metcalf with his first NFL touchdown of his career. And I was a big fan of the mouthpiece. Yeah, the, the, the pass binky, Yeah, the pass Yeah, that's the, pass the, that's the parents in the room. We're, we both like that. I wonder if he throws a huge tantrum if it gets lost like my kids do. Probably not. I would hope, hope not. I would hope not. But what did you see from his performance uh, here in week two as we're starting to get to see a little bit more of what he can do for this team? Uh, again, just more really good stuff from him. I mean, I keep going back to the fact that receiver is a hard position for a rookie and he missed a lot of time. He missed three preseason games. He missed, you know, two plus weeks of practice after he had that knee surgery. So for him to come out and, you know, he's not a perfect player yet. He still has plenty of room to grow. But for him to do what he's done these past two weeks, having 89 yards in week one, having the big touchdown catch in this game, and that first catch, because the first play of scrimmage for the Seahawks, so it got a little overlooked. But the way he reached back on that back shoulder throw and just snagged that ball was a great catch. So yeah, it's it's a very very encouraging start for him. Let's just look at the defense really quick um, before we kind of wrap up what we saw from week two. What stood out to to you? I mean, I know that you guys have been talking a lot about just them playing in their base defense, something that we don't normally see a lot of, but mm-hmm. something that they've been consistent about this year. Yeah, that's been kind of fun to see, just because it's so against the trend we've been seeing in the NFL of. You know, teams pass a lot. You see a lot of 11 personnel with three receivers on the field, and the way most teams respond is throwing the nickel out there, getting that extra corner. Well, the Seahawks are kind of saying, you know what? We love our linebackers. They're really athletic. They can cover. We're going to throw all three of them out there a lot and see how it works, and it's, it's for the most part, worked pretty well, especially last week. They really kept Pittsburgh in check, and, you know, even before Ben Roethlisberger went out, in a way more so, they looked better early in the game. They just kept getting quick stops. 
they are great against the run, which you expect to be when you have all three linebackers out there. But then they're they're also shutting down the passing game. I'm really excited to see, you know, if this is the week Ziggy Onsa gets back. I'm really yeah. excited to see what that pass rush can look like with everybody in there because we've seen flashes of it, but it kind of came and went last week. I, I hope this is the week to see everybody because it'd be a lot of fun. In that pass rush, we saw LJ Collier for the first time, first round pick for the Seahawks. What did you see from him? I mean, it was a very limited. Yeah, but... it was it was a pretty quiet day for the most part. I think he did draw a holding call, which is always good because that's a negative play for the opponent. But otherwise, he didn't really show up on the stat sheet. I think we need to kind of temper expectations for now because he missed so much time. Yes. And this uh-huh. is a you know it's one thing when you're Jadevian Clowney and you're coming in cold, having not practiced, but you're a NFL vet, you know what you're doing. (laughs) You're, you know, Pro Bowl caliber player. It's another thing when you're a rookie who's never played in this league. So to me, this is his preseason. You know, he got, you know, limited workload last week. I would think you probably try to ramp him up a little bit this week and just build up and maybe by week three, week four, maybe even it's, you know, week five or whatever it is, then he's kind of full speed doing everything you want him to do. So it wasn't a lot, but just right now, I think it's getting him through games, getting him that valuable experience, and letting him grow. Another face that we saw for the first time with this defense, um, just at least this season, was Lane Hill coming in for Tedrick Thompson. What did you think see from him, or what did you like, or I guess dislike from his game in the backfield? Yeah, I, you know, overall, I think it was really solid. He had the big play on that two-point conversion to yeah. intercept the pass. And, uh, you know, he did, as Pete Carroll pointed out, he had one pretty big mistake on the flea flicker. He bit on that, and then he was trying to catch the guy, and... They got a big gain out of that. But overall, he was really solid. You know, we don't know for sure yet if it's going to be him again. We don't know Tedrick Thompson's status, but it sounds like Tedrick's probably out another week from the way Pete Carroll described it. If that's the case, you know, uh, it'll be fun to see how Leno kind of develops and against a really good offense with a lot of weapons. He was a guy that played really well late last year when he got a chance. And then, unfortunately for him, that second game he started, he gets the fracture in his hip, and he's out for the playoff yeah, game, and it set him back into the offseason workout. So he's kind of catching up still. But it, it was a, it was an encouraging kind of, not debut, but return for him. Yeah, definitely good to see him getting some reps in there. Um, but obviously whoever goes in and fills in at that spot, um, they – they're qualified. They, they're doing their job. Um, but one thing that I want to touch on the, with the base defense, you said uh, with just seeing the three linebackers, do you think that has anything to do with Ken Norton as our defensive coordinator, a <laughs> linebacker himself, just wanting to get more linebackers out there I mean, on the I'm field? I'm sure the more he the doesn't merrier. mind it. Yeah, that's, the more the merrier, <laughs> I think, is exactly the phrase Bobby Wagner used last week when he was asked about this. Yeah, I mean, it's. I'm sure Ken Norton likes it because he's a linebacker. But ultimately, it comes down to you got to have the guys who can the do personnel, it. Yeah, you've got to have athletic linebackers more than anything. And it, I think Kendricks, especially, he's you know, is the way KJ Wright described it. He's almost as fast as your nickel cornerback. So if, if he can go out and cover guys, that allows you to do this. And KJ Wright brought this up. If they get start getting torched and guys are getting beat over and over, this isn't going to last. So they know they got to hold up in the passing game if they want to keep playing these looks. All right. Well, a few milestones I want to squeeze in here before we move on to talking about week three and the New Orleans Saints coming to town. It was Pete Carroll's birthday on Sunday, celebrating his 68th birthday. And that can't his, be true. <laughs> it's hard to, ima- it. hard to imagine. But with that big victory, or sorry, with his birthday, a great birthday present, his 100th win with the Seahawks. And I mean, the locker room celebration was awesome. Yeah, that was fun to see just how happy everyone was for him and what he's meant to this franchise. I mean, as Pete Carroll himself said, he didn't think he was going to be around this long. I mean, it's it's really tough to stick around in the NFL for a long time. Owners get impatient. Fan bases get impatient. But he's just been solid year after year. You know, they've 
had a winning record every year since 2012, all the playoff bursts, the Super Bowl. Yeah, so that's great milestone for him and fun for the team to get to celebrate it with him. Well, we already touched on Tyler Lockett setting a new career high with 10 receptions, but another big milestone for week two was Russell Wilson. He became the fifth fastest quarterback to reach 200 career passing TDs and with the three TDs that he had in this last game. And like you said, it just speaks volumes or just speaks to the success that we've seen him have over the years that he's been here, but also just what he's been doing here in these first two yeah. weeks. Yeah, and it's, you look at the names ahead of him on that list. It's you know it's Manning, it's Marino, it's some of the best to ever play this game. So he's in good, and he passed Tom Brady to be fifth place. So it's, you know, he's he's in great company, and I think maybe just because of the way this team has always played, the style, the running game, he's maybe been a little overshadowed at times. But what he's hmm. done, the consistency <laughs> with which he's done it, and the ability to be on the field every week, it's it's been really impressive. All right, yes, impressive indeed. All right, let's move on, and let's talk about the New Orleans Saints coming to town, playing here at CenturyLink Field for Week 3. This is the first regular season meeting since 2016. That was back in New Orleans. The Seahawks lost by five points, but the last time they were here at CenturyLink Field was in 2013, and the Seahawks beat them down. 34-7 to win for Seattle over New Orleans, and this is going to be an interesting matchup. I think a lot of people were really excited to see this Russell Wilson, Drew, B- Drew Brees matchup coming in here, and unfortunately, that is not going to be the case. Yeah, you know, I just mentioned Russell Russell Wilson being on the field every week. And Drew Brees has been that guy, too. He's missed one game due to injury since becoming the Saints quarterback in 2006. Unfortunately, this will be his second. He injured his thumb in L.A., had surgery this week, and he's out for a little bit. Uh, it's it's unfortunate. I mean, we're talking about an all-time great. He's yeah. the career leader in, um, in completions and passing yards and not too far off the touchdown total of Peyton Manning. So this is, you know, one of the best to ever do it. And we've always heard Russell Wilson speak so highly yeah. of him. He's looked up to him. They've built a relationship over the years. So it's it's unfortunate. That Saints offense and team overall is really talented. So it's, you know, you don't want to look at, oh, there's no Drew Brees. This is going to be an easy one. That's still a really good totally. team. Totally. Yeah. My, me, though. Selfishly, I was a little disappointed. I've never seen him play in person, and so I was really excited to see him to come to town. But unfortunately, not the case. So, but Sean Payton is being very coy about who is going to start. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. Teddy Bridgewater took over for him when he went down um, in LA. But uh, Sean Payton kind of playing, you know, just yeah, playing it up I, that he's not naming I, a starter. I, I kind of <laughs> like the way he put it Wednesday of when he was talking to the Seattle media on a conference call, and he was basically kind of like, well, what's what's the upside in telling you now? He doesn't have to. They don't have to declare a starter. <laughs> As you said, I think we all kind of assume it's going to be Bridgewater. He's a guy that has started a lot of games yeah. in his career. He's been to a Pro Bowl. He took Minnesota to the playoffs. He, you know, he's a first-round pick. He's got a pretty good resume. Yeah. Unfortunately, a really gruesome injury oh, basically was... wiped two years off yeah. his career. So. He's kind of had to battle back from that. But he's a good quarterback with a great system around him, great weapons around him. And then, yeah, Taysom Hill's kind of the change of pace guy. We've seen with Drew Brees, they've thrown Hill in a few times to run some interesting packages. So I'm sure we'll see him on the field some. But, yeah, I I can't stress enough that when you've got – a backup as good as Teddy Bridgewater, a coach as good as Sean Payton. You've got Alvin Kamara. You've got Michael Thomas. This is not an offense that you can just say, no Drew Brees, mm-hmm. piece of cake. This is going to be a tough game. Totally. I thought it was interesting. I didn't know this, but 
Bridgewater is the highest paid backup QB, making $7.2 million this year as a backup. That's a good gig. That is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he will definitely get his, uh, you know, get the Saints will get his money, their money's worth as like he's likely to start or at least play a good handful of games as Drew Brees recovers. Uh, moving on to those weapons, you already touched on them Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. I mean, two very explosive players. What. What do we need to look for? I mean, we can start with Kamara and what he brings to the running game, but also can be a weapon in the yeah, passing Yeah, I mean, game. Kamara, yeah, you mentioned the passing game. Kamara is kind of this ideal modern running back of a guy that you can move all over the field. He can run routes like a receiver. He's got great hands, but he's also a great runner, you know, between the tackles. He's explosive. Uh, it's funny, Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright yesterday, both of them, first thing they said about him was his balance so just the way he runs how hard he is to get off his feet and kj even compared it to marshawn lynch not the maybe the power and the brute force of marshawn lynch but just how good he is on his feet and just hard to bring down so he's he is a tough tough player to handle well i'm curious to see how he'll do going up against our rushing defense has been awesome yeah. so far this year currently ranked i mean obviously just going into week three but ranked four they've only been allowing 57.5 yards per game um so i wonder if that means that we'll see him more involved in the passing game just what what that will mean as far as the matchup but uh moving let's talk about mike thomas yeah i mean one of the best receivers in the nfl big body guy good speed led the nfl in receptions had 125 catches last year got a huge contract this offseason he's you know easily one of the top few receivers in the NFL and with him out there you're gonna have to I mean they'll move him around everybody's gonna have to cover him it's it's gonna be a tough test all right well let's touch on the defense and mainly just the more injuries that keep coming I mean for this team they're losing they just placed another linebacker on injured reserve and so their defense especially that second level is really starting to get depleted yeah they, it's been tough for them on, on the back end as you mentioned but their hope is obviously going to be that their front four can get after it they have nine sacks which leads the NFL so far uh they you know we talk about the Saints I think a lot of people remember a few years ago they're kind of a laughing stock of a defense. You know, was, every game was a shootout. You count on Drew Brees to score you 35 points. They had one of the worst defensive in the NFL, and they went out and addressed it over a couple of years. A lot of draft picks and free agents, and they've they've been a really good defense these last couple of years. And even with those injuries, they've got enough playmakers out there to make things tough. All right. Well, Seahawks take on the Saints this Sunday at 125. You can watch it on CBS Really quick before I let you go, we're going to have key matchups coming out later today or on Seahawks.com. But what matchup are you most excited? Let's give the fans a little a little taste. I think you know we touched on it. I think it's Kamara. I just how dangerous of a player he is, and really it's kind of a whole. You know, you normally say running back, and it's him against a front seven and who can tackle him and all that. But it's it's everybody. I mean, cornerbacks are probably going to have to cover him, safety. So it's. The way he stresses an offense is so unique. I, I'm really curious to see what the Seahawks do with him. All right. Kamara with uh, nearly 1,600 yards and 18 touchdowns from scrimmage last year. So definitely a handful, whether it's running or catching the ball. All right. Well, like I said, you can catch the Seahawks taking on the Saints this Sunday at 125 on CBS. Hope to see you then.